from the 27th of December as we come out of the Christmas weekend and at least until the end of the first week in January when we will review this advice again, please go back to limiting your contacts as much as you possibly can. Please stay at home as much as is feasible. When you do go out, maintain physical distancing from people not in your own group. And difficult though it is, please follow this advice over New Year. Minimise Hugmanay socialising as much as you can. If we all follow the advice to minimise the contact we have outside our own households, we will help limit the spread of infections. So first, from the 26th of December, inclusive of that date, for a period of up to three weeks, we intend to place limits on the size of live public events that can take place. This does not apply, let me stress, to private life events such as weddings. For indoor standing events, the limit will be 100. For indoor seated events, it will be 200. And for outdoor events, 500 seated or standing. Physical distancing of one metre will be required at events that go ahead within these limits. This will, of course, make sports matches, including football, effectively spectator-free over this three-week period, a situation similar to that in Wales from Boxing Day. That wasn't very Christmassy. No, it wasn't. I apologise. Hello and welcome to Draw Where's the Draw, a podcast about all things Partick Thistle. Sadly this week Matt has um, succumbed to the fog and is lost in the mist so I will be hosting again. Joining me to this week to discuss a very strange game against Rafe Rovers is Jamie McDonald. Jamie how are you doing? Yeah I'm good obviously. Great win at the weekend but it's disappointing knowing that likely we're not going to be getting into many games soon. And uh, as well as that we're joined by Rhys Haldane. Rhys how are you doing? Yeah, well, and I'm pretty good. Um, obviously, as Jamie just touched on, just uh, off the back of some bad news regarding the going to the games and stuff, but good weekend for the Jags there, from what we've seen of it, but I always good to pick up the three points regardless of however the game went. Absolutely, and now usually at this point, we traditionally start with a start in 11, and I'll get your thoughts on the start in 11, but I think we have to be very upfront here and say this is not going to be your usual um, in-depth tactical analysis and uh, talking about the game in, in, in a lot of depth because quite frankly we couldn't really see much of it but I'll come to you first of all uh, Reese. your thoughts on the starting 11? Um, I was pretty happy with the starting 11, obviously it's harsh, harsh for Turner to miss out but a lot of people are saying that's our best 11 with um, good forwards Cammy Smith, Rudden, Tiff, Graham all starting, bands on Doc and Riddle and then the defence has done so well recently so I don't think you can have any complaints with that team. Uh, as I said, the only one that was tough on missing out was Kel Turner. Obviously, he got his chance off the bench and he took it with both hands. So, all in all, a good starting lineup. And I was pretty, I know we'll come on it shortly, but I was impressed with the performance at the weekend as well. Jamie, your thoughts on the starting 11? Yeah, similar to Roos. I just thought it was a strong looking starting 11. It's good to get Rodden back in. We definitely did miss him against our broth. And yeah, I thought, I thought the, the team worked well. And I'm hopefully we get to use that. In the coming weeks, as long as the players stay fit, yeah, please and start and line up. 
Now, obviously, we'll move on to the game itself, but am I right saying, Jamie, that you sit in the Jackie husband? Yeah, I do, yeah. You do, but you're, you're quite close to the north there, is that right? You're sort of no, closer to the north? No, I sit directly on the halfway line. Right, all right, okay, all right. Well, so me and me and Reese sit in the north stands uh, for the game, and you're also the, the halfway line. So we, we, di- I, we, we didn't see anything because of the fog. How bad was the fog for you, Jamie, on the halfway line? Definitely not as bad as the north stand. Like, I've seen photos from uh, Lampe, and uh, you can barely see past the halfway line. But for, for me, I could see both the goals. Uh, it's just when the ball went into like one of the opposite corner flags and like the far away end, I couldn't really see what was going on. And it was kind of hard to see in and around the dugout what was happening. But when uh, I could see the goals fine, to be fair. So I was kind of lucky in that way that when Turner did score that win, I could see it perfectly. And it's just lucky, I suppose, that it's where I sit. You get a pretty good view of both ends on the halfway line. See, to be fair, see at the weekend just there, it was an absolute stroke of luck for me. It was what took fine because... Um, Two of my mates, they're not they're not Fissel fans, but they like to come to the, the odd game when they have the chance. Um, and they text me, they were like, oh, uh, do you want to go in the Jackie Husband stand? And David, as you say, like, normally I'm in the North stand. And I was like, I'll just see if my season ticket works and I'll go in. And thankfully it did work. And when I got on the ground, I was like, thank God I came in here, by the way, because I'm struggling to see in here. But imagine being in the North stand. Um, and to be fair, I sat like quarter of the way to work, towards the North stand. So the, other, the opposite end of the opposite end of the halfway line. And looking at Turner's goal, it was a struggle to see it, but just about seen it. So I'd hate to imagine what it was like in the North End. No vision for 45 minutes, I'm guessing. It was bizarre. I mean, I I don't think I seen Stuart Bannigan the whole game. Genuinely, I don't remember seeing Stuart Bannigan at all. We I seen the ball. I think if you started a stopwatch the second the ball came into sight and then stopped it when it went back out, I probably saw a total of four minutes of the ball in the whole game because what would happen is that you just it's this absurd spectacle where people are just sitting watching the fog and you could literally only see I'd probably say past the six yard box maybe see the edge of the penalty box at the very most anything beyond that you just cannot see anything whatsoever so it'd be you were sitting there you'd hear some things and then like somebody would just burst out the mist, and I don't know, a, a Reef Rovers player, a Fissile player, would burst in, they'd have their wee two and throw, and then the ball would get kicked out, and then they'd all disappear back into the mist. And like yeah, you, you literally could not see a thing beyond Sneddon's penalty box at all. Um, in fact, we only realised there was a goal because we heard everyone in the jacket that genuinely, you could not, nobody could see a single thing um, and then they all started cheering and were like, is that a penalty or whatever? And then it turned to 1-0 on the scoreboard. And then we all went mental because we realised that we had scored. It's absolutely bewildering. I can't, it is incredibly funny if you were a Rafe Rovers fan sitting sort of near near the north stand and you sat your team and you can't see a single thing the whole game. And then you get beaten in the 96th minute. Quite, it is really quite funny. But Reese, do you think the game should have been called off? Uh, personally, if I wasn't a Fissel fan, watching it as a neutral, I'd have said aye, because it was hard to see. But imagine the players and stuff, and the ref, they can see better on the part, there's a shorter distance between everyone. So imagine they'd be able to see a bit better, but from a, a spectator's standpoint, couldn't see much at all. Um, so I don't know if that comes into it. Would, does a game get called off because the fans can't see, or is it only when the players become affected? 
I don't really know. But um, in terms of the game, I'm glad it didn't get called off. And we've we've got that. Uh, the fog's been as a turn over the over the years. As soon as I got on the ground at the weekend, I was like, "This is cowed and beef me too, all over again." And thankfully, it worked in our favour again, to be honest, because I thought we were so dominant that whole game. Probably the most dominant I've seen us this season. Um, just the goals weren't coming. We had plenty of chances, like really good chances, not even half chances. And towards the, towards the end, when the game was dying out, I mean, Rafe, for the last half an hour, were 10 men behind the ball, part of the bus, time wasting. So they've only got themselves to blame with the uh, six minutes added on. And I remember it was like the 95th minute, 96th minute, um, and Turn- Kel Turner's taking the throw and down in front of me, away at the corner flag, the opposite end. I'm just waiting for the referee to blow the whistle, and I was amazed that he kept on playing, and thank God he did, because just a minute before it, Tiff put it across goal, and, and the one where Turner hit over the bar, and it's just, it was one of them ones, I turned to my pals, and I was like, two points dropped. It's one of those days, like, all the teams around us had picked up points, and it's one that we've, we'd missed out on. Um, but thankfully, it, it all worked out in the end, and Turner popped up with that goal, and it was massive three points, so... I'm, gl- I'm quite glad it didn't get abandoned. I agree. I'm glad it didn't get abandoned, but definitely sitting in the in the north stand as we were getting, you know, around the grounds, like the Kelly game and the Falkirk game all being called off, or like there's no chance. There was actually a point where we thought it had been abandoned, so the the referee blew up, and it must have been for a substitution. We could see players in the in the, the distance walking off. And there was several of us that were sitting there going, is that it? Is that the game's been called off? Was, uh, nobody knew whatsoever. And then we seen a guy burst back out with the ball. And we're like, all right, no, it's not been called off. Um, let's just keep going. But I, I, I do think it was a big stroke of luck uh, that it wasn't called off. As you say, Rafe Rovers are kind of struggling by the end. And they were time-wasting quite a lot. We did really dominate the game. I mean, our, from based purely on my view... I, I can't, I think I've maybe seen Rafe players like twice in the second half taking chances and there, there, were, there were nothing chances. I can't pretend to know the ins and outs of anything that happened sort of, you know, in the, the, the middle third of the pitch and, you know, in the other half. But I know that Rafe Rovers didn't get anywhere near us in the, in the second half and frankly didn't look like they were going to score and the ball was just, I, I couldn't see the ball, so it says to me that we were all pressing and on the offensive all the time, because, well, if they weren't, then I would have seen the ball, if that makes sense. But, Jamie, your thoughts, do you think it should have been called off? I mean, you mentioned that you, you were sitting quite low. I noticed from the interview uh, with McCall um, and Turner afterwards, they had it at ground level, and you could see the other billboards. Not great, but you could see them, so you could see the other side of the pitch. And I think Barry O'Neill, a friend of the show, he I was at the game with him and he had mentioned that I think one of the things that they take into consideration is the linesman being able to see the other linesman so they can still call offside because obviously they're able to see across the pitch fully. And obviously you can see both goals and sort of in the middle. So do you think the game should have been called off? Obviously taking out the fact that we won because it didn't get called off. Obviously it's hard to take away your bias here because we went and got a massive three points so literally the last kick of the game but before kickoff I was starting to well I mean I feel every time there's a slight, slight bit of rain Fiscal fans always are like ah oh, the game's off the game's off so I always try not to own the attitude the game's going to be off because I'm like you know this pitch as bad as it is usually survives the weather in recent years well your pitch hasn't actually been bad until this season so the pitch is usually good for the weather you don't get many games called off the weather fog there's nothing you can do about it you know it's not the pitch that affects it it's just visibility and 
during the game, I'd say like 25 minutes in, it started getting considerably thicker and I was like, it's going to get abandoned this. And at halftime, it cleared up, I thought, for a little bit. Then it got thicker again and then it cleared up a little bit. And towards the end, it was, you know, it'd come down a lot and it was all, again, very difficult to see parts of the pitch. But should the game have been abandoned? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard because it's, we're talking about it after the game, after we've got such a good win. I don't know. I'm glad it wasn't, but I'm glad it wasn't me making that decision whether it got abandoned or not as well or didn't go ahead. Another question I'd like to ask about it, then obviously it wasn't called off, and I think a lot of Ray fans are a bit aggrieved about the fact that it wasn't called off and they felt it was the stoppage time. Do you think we win that in normal weather? Obviously, it was a very dominant performance from ourselves, but do you think it would necessarily have been the case if you know, there hadn't been the fog? Do you think we still win? That? I'd say, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's made much of a difference in the game. It's not like when the ball went into the box, I don't think McDonald was like blindsided by it or the defence was. I mean, Christoph Berra didn't make that tackle because of the fog. We didn't score because of the fog. I mean, I don't think it's made any big difference in the game. Maybe people didn't try as many long balls if we couldn't see as well, but both teams would have been in the same situation with or without the fog. So both teams maybe altered their game slightly. So I really don't think that it made much difference on the actual play. So I'd, I'd say no, it's been one with, with or without the fog. Yeah, I was just going to say the same there as well, because what I kept mentioning during the game, I was like, no one's having a, a pop from distance. Like if, if I was playing in that game, you'd be having a goal from 20, 25, 30 yards. Like, the keeper's obviously blindsided, like can't see, his, his vision's not clear, do you know what I mean, with that fog. But there was none of that really in that game. It was all in and around the box. So I don't think, as Jamie's mentioned, I don't think the fog um, affected the actual gameplay too much. Aye, so I, I reckon we would have won that regardless. And maybe even we would have won that more comfortably, if anything. Because we did have the chances and just on another day, they won. We won 2 or 3 now. No, definitely I can see that. Um one other question about asking about the race game. Did you enjoy it, Jamie? Yeah, and any festival win, I enjoy it. I love going to the game, so hundred <laughs> percent. Reese, did you enjoy it? Obviously you just have a better view than me, but did you enjoy the game? Do you know what? I actually I actually really enjoyed that game. As mad as it might sound, like I go to every festival game and I watch every game, enjoy every game. But see this game, like, you have to concentrate that bit more just to actually see the game. And I remember coming home that night and I'm thinking, can't believe we actually won that game one now. And it's one of the ones that you're always going to remember. That's one that we'll be talking about in the chat in five years' time. You go, oh, mind that, that game, the foggy game, for how you couldn't see a thing. Like, and Turner scored in the 96th minute. Like, 90 plus 6. Class, mate. It doesn't come any better than that. And it's it's put us three points off the top. Uh, I know we might touch on it soon, but we're three points off the top spot at Christmas time. Someone offers you that at the start of the season and you bite their hand off. I have to agree. I absolutely loved it. It's genuinely like one of my top... Probably my top 10 games. I love absurd games. I like, I've like. i always mentioned one of my favourite games of going to Thistle was when we got beat 6-0 by Aberdeen because it was so utterly ridiculous that everyone just kind of just started singing and dancing and all that and just having a good time and not really caring about the football. And everyone just had a party, basically, in the stands. And like in the North Ends on Saturday, it genuinely did feel like that because everyone was singing and cheering and stuff like that. I, I absolutely buckled at the um, the rendition of I want to be McCall, but they changed it to I want to see the ball, uh, which I think was top class um, improv um, patter. That was, that was very, very good. But everyone was just making jokes and singing and stuff and having a real great time. And then, it's, as you say, it's a very memorable game where you will always remember that. And I mean, I mean to, to give an example, um, 
because it was so bad that we couldn't see somebody turned on the Jag Zone commentary to listen to it. And a couple of people were doing it and they turned it on and they were just talking shite because they couldn't see it. You know? They weren't even commentating on the game for a couple of minutes because it was that bad. It was just, don't know what's happening, don't know where the ball is. And um, it was just kind of, it's, it's very nice that it's a bit of a throwback in the, the day and age of, you know, live score and all that. And you can get information on pretty much any football game you want at the touch of your fingertips, you know, straight away. You're always in the know. You always have the information in front of you. And for once in our lives, we didn't have the information in front of us. And we had to just go on our instincts and just just run with it because we couldn't see everything and I actually really enjoyed it it was one of my, one of my favourite festival games going to it was just so silly and just the idea of two and a half thousand people sitting watching Mist n- not being able to see anything but just being just watching Mist in the hope that somebody will burst out and score I I absolutely loved it I think it, it definitely one of my favourite games and as you say it's, it's a total count in beef 2.0 where we'll absolutely be doing whatever the 12 days of McCall will be um, in about four years when we win the league title, that that's one of the games that everyone will point to. How well, Reese, how big a win is that for you? Reese, we're unbeaten in I think 15 games, and again we are now three points off the top. And um, we've beaten our quarter, our first quarter points tally because we get 16 instead of 15. Um, and McCall had we talked about it as well, but McCall talked about how important it was to get more points. How big was that win? Oh, it was absolutely crucial that three points because. Going into this game, as you've just touched on there, Rafe were 15 unbeaten and they were they were some going by the way, like they were scoring goals and they were keeping clean sheets and they looked a bit aside and uh, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, the, the 3-2 game at, at their place, they kind of battered us that day and we kind of made the scoreline look a bit pretty towards the end. So coming into this game, I wasn't feeling the most confident, especially off the back of the Arbroath game because I kind of, from, from the outside, looking at the results and looking at any highlights that I've seen, Rafe maybe look the best team in the league um, so I was looking forward to playing them again just to kind of match up against them see how we were we were feeling at this point but I, I felt we blew them away I know it was only 1-0 and it took us till the last kick of the ball to get that but I genuinely felt like we were all over them from, from minute from minute go but aye the three points were imperative because you looked around the grounds and our both wanted to take them top of the league and all the other results were going against us at that point and I remember thinking this is just going to open a wee gap and it, it does it, Although we're no miles away from it, and it puts a wee dent in your confidence. So we get those three points, and as I say, it put us three points off top, uh, off the summit at Christmas time. It was it was massive, and you couldn't couldn't ask for any more of McCall's side. Definitely, Jamie, your thoughts? Yeah, it was absolutely massive. Obviously, it's like much like it's been mentioned, such a huge game for us. Rafe were on a great run. We didn't play well against them last time. We want to make a statement to the league and gets us a big result before Christmas, gets us back into the top four after dropping out after that abject performance against our bro last uh, two weeks ago now. And yeah, we came out of a good performance. We could have won by more goals. You know, Cammy Smith had a big chance. Brian Graham had a chance in the first half. We cut a few balls over the box. You know, Tiff got to the byline, put a lot of balls in, which I thought was great. I thought it was great to see Tiff doing that again. We'd mentioned in recent weeks he'd been cutting back in onto his right for crosses, and albeit that is where the winning goal actually came from. But I thought this week he really did run to the byline a bit more. He was kind of looking a bit more like himself at the start of the season when he was constantly against the byline, taking his man on, causing havoc against opposition defences. Thought he had a good game, and it was just fantastic to see that win. Such a big, big moment for us, and good for Kyle Turner to get off the mark for the season as well, get a new goal scorer take a bit of pressure off Rudden and Graham because obviously they've been scoring all the goals and maybe they've dried up a little bit in recent weeks. 
and going into January, any little thing can help sell a club to a signing. You know, if we're someone who's potentially coming in and we're outside the top four, it might not look as attractive. That one result, honestly, can make all the difference. You never know. But it's just a huge result for us. And going into the next quarter, we've managed to improve our points tally from the first quarter, 15 in the first, 16 in the second. Hopefully we're aiming for 17 in this one because we need 15 in each quarter to get top four in previous seasons. And hopefully we're on track to do that again. Definitely. And um, James Kearney put out an article today kind of analysing the sort of stats behind our, our first half of the season. Ed. Yeah, I read it this morning. I don't I don't particularly know how XG works. I'm not going to pretend that I am an XG expert. I, I, it's not a concept. Of but basically, talking about how we were free scoring, obviously, in the first half of the season. And obviously, we scored far less. But as well as that, we are conceding less goals now. And... The general, the general gist I took out of it was that we are making chances. It's just that they're not coming for us. But we've got the defensive solidity. It means that when the chances do eventually come, because it's a matter of time when they do eventually end up uh, coming, we should hopefully be able to kind of bounce on. Jamie, obviously, we're going into the new year. We've got a game against Inverness um, and Ayr uh, before, before the new year. But we've already reached a halfway point of the season. Tommy Wright, obviously, was sacked. On Saturday, despite his team not finishing the game, the game was abandoned by fog. He was sacked by Kilmarnock. I know a few Kilmarnock fans who have all generally been quite miserable during the Tommy Wright reign. They don't really rate him as the manager for Kilmarnock and really uninspiring. How big a decision is it for us and for the title race that Tommy Wright has been sacked now? It's definitely going to have an effect. Kilmarnock get a strong appointment in, they could get their act together, start pushing up for the league because obviously in recent weeks they've definitely been not playing as well as they had been. At the start of the season it wasn't like they were blowing teams away but they were kind of getting their way to scrappy 1-0 victories. And they did it at AOA and did it at Queen of the South away, just got those kind of late goals to get them victories. But they've been losing at home, they lost to us at home, they lost to Arbroath at home, they lost to Inverness at home. I think they lost to Rafe at home as well and they were drawing with Dunfermline in that abandoned game so Clearly, their home form had taken a hit. I think they drew with Dunfermline away as well, actually. I could see why they were unhappy under Tommy Wright. And if they got a strong appointment in, they really could get their act together. And they might use the January window to add a few members to their squad. So it would have been good for us if Tommy Wright had got a little bit extra time because things didn't seem like they were going well with him in charge. But we just have to wait and see. We can't focus too much on other teams. The only thing we can really do is focus on ourselves and hopefully keep pushing on up the league and maybe add one or two faces in January to help strengthen us and do that. And just looking forward to the rest of the season, but as we're going to get on to, it's just going to be a shame if we're not able to get into games. And everyone's looking forward to that Inverness away, and looks like that's cancelled. And you know, the rest of the games, we're not going to be getting in for at least a month, probably. And yeah, it's just disappointing, man. Definitely, I think everyone had marked Inverness Boxing Day. Um, that was that was a big one. We've been, we've been, that was the one that sprung out to me in the, in the fixture calendar. Uh, when it was announced, we've been looking forward to it for months, and yeah, uh, as you say, it's, I don't think it's happening. Reese, your your thoughts so far at the halfway stage with everything that's going on? How how have you rated us so far? And again, the Tommy Wright uh, dismissal. How do you think it's going to impact the season? I feel I'm happy with how we've been playing. We look like we look a million miles away for the the team that we've last seen in the championship. We used to struggle for to scrape one 0 wins and stuff away to Queen of the South and that would be massive for our season and obviously um, predicaments change and stuff but just to see us now back at 
the top end of the championship fighting for promotion, what a difference it makes and what a difference it makes to like everything around your your weekend. Like it gives you that extra wee step in your extra wee step, you know what I mean? Like you just it's just a, a much happier vibe around for and stuff, like without without getting carried away and stuff. Like even if we weren't to get promoted this season, we're on the right path and I see some people saying oh, it wouldn't be a bad thing to miss out in promotion this season and just build going forward for next year. But of course you want to get promoted whenever you can. But if we don't, then we go again next year in a strong position, as I say. But I let's hope we can just keep building on it just now because we've not been at our best. There's been times where we've looked terrible. I mean, look back to last week against our both. We were absolutely honking. But as I say, we're not a million miles away. We're three points off top. It's fine margins. And you look back to... The nil nils against Morton, nil um, nil against Dunfermline and stuff. We had that period of the three nil nils. If we'd won each of those games, we'd be sitting pretty sitting clear at the top. So as I say, it's the finest of margins that's holding us back. And um, as Jamie said, next quarter's got to be better and keep improving each quarter. And um, we'll be right there or thereabouts. Um, on on the Tommy Wright front, it's a weird one. I've said it so many times, but I, I just don't rate the commandment team at all. And Tommy Wright. He's the type of manager we've all seen him at St Johnston, so we all know what he's, he's about. He's a defensive defensive coach. He'll set up teams for a 1-0, and he'll park the bus. Kelly being in a championship, they're expecting like to win every game 3-4-0 and stuff. Like, Kilmarnock, five years ago, I reckon they'd be happy. Not happy, but they'd be fine where they're sitting just now. But see, after the Steve Clark came in, it's kind of like, I don't want to say that their fans are delusional, but... Kilmarnock are a big club, let's not lie about it. And that Steve Clark appointment it almost made gives them a sense of entitlement. Like they were finishing third and stuff and they were they were beating Rangers, they were beating Celtic now and again. Um so for them being in a championship in such a short space of time from being right up near the top of the Prem, their fans aren't taking to it well and if Tommy Wright was sitting fifth in the championship, he's never going to get a, a long time in that gig. But when Tommy Wright first got appointed, I remember a lot of fans were saying that that's some appointment for them, the job that he done at St Johnston solidifying them as a Prem side. So, are they going to get a better appointment than that? I don't know. There, there will be big um, big names getting bandied about. I've seen people say Derek McInnes, Neil Lennon. I don't know about either of them, but if, if any of them were to get that job, then we'd have, we'd have, a, we'd have a right game on our hands. But until we see who it is, uh, I'll reserve my judgment. But they're not going to get us another Steve Clark again. But let's just hope they get a stinker instead in there. I, I think Neil Lennon would probably be my pick because I think it'd be an absolute riot, and I'd love to see McCall and Lennon sort of going for. It. Although I think McCall and Lennon are actually quite pally with each other, but um, I'd, I'd like to see. I, I don't. I don't think Lennon at Kilmarnock would work very well, and I, I think it, it would be a box office to say the least um, <laughs> if he was to join. But yeah, no, I, I have to agree with that. And um, we'll move on to. The big news uh, from yesterday, the change in regulations for uh, crowds at football games. So I believe it's 500 maximum at games for the next three weeks, which covers our games against Inverness away, um, Ayr, Morton, um, Kelly, and I believe Hamilton as well. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, but, uh, no, it is, it is, it is yeah. January, yeah. But it also, it might be the Kelly game on the 14th of January as well. Yeah, so there's talk it might be the Kelly game on the 14th of January, just depending on where we are. And obviously, like there's been talks about how they're kind of doing the three weeks to see what the data is, and hopefully by that time, and we've all been boosted and stuff like that, that they'll be able to bring it back up. It's also important to say it's 500 people, not 500 fans. So that includes all the staff, 
Uh, so, you know, your commentators, you know, your journalists, stuff like that, they are all included in the 500. It's not 500 plus your guesties and stuff like that. It's 500. So, obviously, not everyone is going to get into the games. And it looks like we're going to be doing a ballot system. I do have my concerns that we have been really, really strong this season and a, a, a part of the strength from everyone. McCall said it, Graham said it, Tunji Agnola said it, everyone has said it ourselves as well, has been our fan presence. We have been uh, cheering the, t- the team on through thick and thin at every ground. We've always been making noise. And we saw what happened when we did make noise last week against Arbroath. We, we struggled and we needed that extra G up that we just didn't get. Do you think the crowds will have an effect on us going into these games? I'd say yes, because the fan back in the season has been absolutely brilliant. It's probably you know the best for years, if you think about it. The atmosphere games this season, especially away games, but home games as well, has been brilliant. And it's great to see, you know, clearly see some life's been injected back into the club after some like torrid years. And even, even during those years, the fan backing was still good, but you can tell that it's a different vibe around the club now, and it's great to see that. And that's what McCall said he wanted to do, get some, you know, change the culture of this club, and he really has done. And it will be a, it'll be a miss. The players will miss it because the fans really do encourage them. You know, this season, very rarely have we seen fans get on their back. And there's, you know, there's been real encouragement, and that kind of thing can go a long way to getting maybe a goal that you may not have otherwise got. If you're getting that encouragement and you're getting that praise from the stand, it can motivate you to, to try something you weren't going to do. If you know you're not going to get moaned at. And because you know the fans are behind you, but you know you look you look at it another way. Last season, it's not a good thing not having fans. I'm never gonna not want them. But last season we managed to win the league title when there wasn't fans in the stadium. So I'm sure the players will be able to cope without it. But you know, it's a on the the real thing is it's a big blow for the fans. That's the people who miss out the most because you know we're missing like the biggest. You know, it's a huge part of a lot of people's life the football and. I know some people don't get that, and they how can you know? How can you not cope with football? Just watch on a TV, just watch on a stream. It's not that big a deal. But you know, some people it's a massive deal. They look at us in the podcast. We go to every game home and away. We come on here to talk about it. We talk in chats about it. We go on Twitter about it. You know, you a lot of your life revolves around this club, and you know, it's massive for football fans to end up missing out on this kind of stuff. So hopefully, it doesn't, this doesn't last too long. I mean, hopefully, it is only the three weeks that they're proposing. It doesn't get extended, but. We're going to have to wait and see. You know, none of us can predict the future, so we're going to have to wait and see what happens. See, the fans have been brilliant this season, and our support always is brilliant, like regardless of what situation we're in. But we all know there's been a big difference this season. Like We've been a lot louder, we've been noisier, we've been, there's been new chance, and there's just a great feeling between the players, the coaches, just the whole club in general. There's a good vibe, and we're all, we're all pushing towards one goal, really. So for the fa- to lose the fans at this stage, it could affect us, but... We, we know fan well looking at last season. Um, we obviously won the league. We know fans there, but um, if you look back to just a week ago or two weeks ago, it was funny. I remember I posed that question in the chat. I was like, "How do you think last season would have panned out um, if we if there was fans in the ground? Like, do you think we would have still won the league? Do you think McCall might have lost his job at that stage where we were sitting sixth in the table, we were two 0 down East Fife and stuff? Do you think he would have lost his job then uh, if the fan pressure was on? So it's this tough one. Fans do play a big part in football, and a lot of people. Obviously, fans don't underestimate that, but I feel like people in higher places in football, and including players, sometimes they don't realise how much an impact fans have. They kind of just like, ah, it's just the fans. They've no who cares about the fans and stuff until the fans aren't actually there. Then they realise it'll be interesting to see because and you know, fine, well, there'll be fans up at the canal backing the team on anyway. Um, and as Jamie just said, like you, you need to hope this is done within 
three weeks to a month because I remember when it was first introduced like last year and you were allowed a thousand at a game and we had two thousand, two and a half thousand season tickets and you're like, you get to one game and then you have to watch one in the stream. But now if it's 500 and it's not even 500 fans, it's 500 people. So you know, after all the, the the players, the coaches, the media, the, the journalists, the cameramen, the, the TV crews for the Kelly game and stuff, you're looking at 100 fans if that. So if it was to be 500 fans, you're looking at one in every five games you might get to if this persists. So we need it back as soon as possible. And as, as Jamie's just touched on as well, it's, it's a big thing for a lot of people to be without it. And I know for me personally, it's like one thing that I look forward to the most. And I've said before, like, I don't care if some people think it's sad, but I know a lot of football fans agree it's should like escape during the week, do you know what I mean? It's, it's always something at the end of the week that's always going to be there. You're going to see all your mates, you're going to have a good time in the football. Uh, you might not win every week, but it's just good to get out of the everyday mundane sort of, just the everyday rigmarole of life. So to have that at the end of the week, and I suppose it streams is better than nothing. To have football there, it's always better than nothing, but it's never the same. I'm one of the more sort of, Prudent people, when they come to these restrictions, I'm kind of like, all right, fair enough, if they need to do it, they need to do it. I'm not, I mean, before the COVID happened, I used to go to every football game going. I went to like over 100 games in a season and all that, and it was absolutely mad for it. And then when the COVID happened, I just didn't go. I didn't go to the canal. I didn't go, you know, grounds where you could see in the gate. I, di- I just didn't bother. I watched the streams and it's never bothered. I didn't even go to the canal on the day, mainly because I was working, but I, d- I didn't go. But then obviously it was very tough and that, and like, I, I-, I kind of just cut it out where I was like, oh, I-, I-, I know I get my fixing from it and stuff like that, but it is, it is very, very tough. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, like, after the Inverness trip was cancelled, I mean, we are all presuming it is cancelled. It would be amazing if Nicola Sturgeon just came round, you know, the modern saved Christmas and says, no, you can all go out and give your cans to uh, Inverness on the, on the Manpreet Express. But, um, yeah, I, obviously I don't think that's happening. And, like, I, I mean, I'm not I'm not really going to see my family at Christmas or anything. We're not having a Christmas dinner or anything like that. Um, I'm going to see my in-law or whatever. But, like, I'm, I'm not doing anything over Christmas. And it's like literally Inverness was my Christmas day. That was the big thing. That was what everything was building to because I go and have the day and again, you're with your pals and all that. I, just, I was quite happy to kind of sacrifice the other stuff. I was like, all right, that's not happening, but it's fine, but I've got Inverness. And then obviously Inverness is not happening now anymore. And it's just kind of like, just totally scuttled me for the last two days. I've just don't really care about Christmas anymore. Like I don't, um, you know, it's just not... I just don't really care about it. Like absolutely, just watching it in streams and stuff, I kind of be bothered. Like, obviously, you can still go to football. You can like you can go to like we were talking. I was talking to other people. I'm in like a ground topping group and stuff like that with people, and we were all talking about going to like not a like juniors games or non league games because none of them ever get 500 people in. So you can easily go, but it's like it's not the same. Like it's it's just I just want to, I've enjoyed being back. I've enjoyed it so much that just having it taken away again is just. A real kick in the stones. So yeah, I think for somebody like Akinola who maybe didn't play under closed doors and he's seen how good the fans were, not having that sort of backing might be a bit of a shock to the system for him. Obviously, said it with other people, but I think with Fissel, that will probably be the first time that he actually sees the support not not as loud and vocal as he usually are. So we'll have to see how it goes. But um, back to the stream podcast. God, I know. Um, I know. I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to get my task arm. I'll get my, get my recorder and I'll go up the canal getting involved. We actually did it earlier people. in the season. I think people, I don't know, people might have forgotten like, that dumb filming game was on stream, that 3-0 one no, earlier in the season. Yeah, I'm oh, I... 
to Big Welsh and tell us to get a link. <laughs> Draw all the media passes. Brian Welsh, we want in. <laughs> we know you listen. Um, now, um, it's obviously Christmas episode of Draw is a Draw. Um, it's Christmas on Saturday. Simple question, what are your plans for Christmas? Jamie? <laughs> uh, I, don't even, I don't even know, to be honest. I do not know. Now that the big day has been scuppered and we're not going to ever this, what, what are you planning to do over Christmas? Are you off or are you working? What's happening? Um, I'm working on Christmas Eve, uh, my job. But uni's off right now, so I'm on uni holiday, which is nice, I suppose. No essay over Christmas. Usually my family have like a you know a big family gathering, but we haven't done it last year. We're not doing it this year either. And my grand doesn't want to do it. So no, nothing's really happening, really. Um, I'd, if it's still on, if it's not cancelled, uh, my local pub usually does a big thing on Christmas Eve going into Christmas. So if it's not cancelled, me and my friends will go to that. But apart from that, I'm not really doing anything else. How about yourself, David? What are you getting up to? I am literally doing fuck all because again, like my family, like we didn't have Christmas last year, and they were kind of like, oh, it's not not the same. And I'm kind of like, no, you, you just had a Christmas last year without us all and realised how cheap and amazing it was, and just kind of be bothered. But you know, uh, we'll <laughs> we'll gloss over that. So no, I'm going up to see my in-law. Uh, my my father-in-law broke his leg and is currently in the hospital, but he won't be out for Christmas. So we're going to spend the day with my mother-in-law, uh, watching whatever rubbish telly. Is on to answer of it. I've got Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day off, and and then I'm working <laughs> the rest of the time. So, um, happy holidays, everyone. Um, I'm not feeling particularly festive because I've got three days off and I'm doing fuck all and kind of go to Inverness. So, um, yeah, I might go see my dad to be fair because my dad lives in Knightswood, so we might go and uh, say hello to him because I'm not seeing him in a wee while. But uh, that that's probably going to be about it on my side of the family. Reese, right, just as just you guys have said, like <laughs> the big thing for Christmas is always the football that's on that around about Christmas. It's always great, and as you say, like in the months, uh, the weeks coming up to this, I was just really looking forward to the time off work. Like, I, I took like, I, my work; they give you two options: you take the the first couple of days, and then you work the 29th and 30th, or you take the 29th and 30th, and you have to work up until Christmas, kind of thing. But obviously, you get all the other kind of holidays. So I took these these days just now, so I was looking forward to like. Not even Christmas really. I'm I love Christmas time, but I never um I always just kinda look forward to like I don't know if I already said how sad my life is. I just look forward to going to Thistle games. But so Inverness away was a pure big point. And I was looking forward to the, the air game on the twenty ninth, like a, a midweek game around Christmas time, it's gonna be class and stuff and we won't we won't get to that. Some of us might get to that, who knows? It's all up there still. So I in terms of Christmas, um normally go to my grands but uh, st- so obviously it didn't happen last year and still a wee bit touchy with the whole COVID stuff so I don't really know it might just be a case of spending the day in my ho- in the house with my family uh, Boxing Day I normally go to my other grands but I don't know what's happening with that either just now it's everything's kind of up, up in the air at the minute so I it might just be a case of sitting in the house for a couple of weeks now choking to go back to work but we need to wait and see this is, it's the festive period and we're down, down in gloom now Fissel, not the Fissel but the government have, have killed us here the government have done a number of this. I, um, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 my Boxing Day tradition is to go to the football. Now, when we've been in the Championship in League One, this is the first year in about four or five years that they've actually had Championship football on Boxing Day. Because every year when we were in the Championship in League One, 
there was there was no games on because they're all part time and obviously spending time with their families. So I used to go, I'd go see Motherwell or Hamilton or whoever um, on that day because I live near Motherwell and Hamilton. Obviously, because it's the 500, you need to be a bit more creative. And I think I think I may I may end up going to see Albion Rovers instead. To be fair, just because they never get 500 these days, um, so I might I might be able to do that. But I, it's kind of one of those things where I, I love going to Boxing Day football. It's, it's one of my one of my favourite things in the year. It's going to any game on Boxing Day is always a good week, a good wee day out. And um, yeah, so I don't know. Albion Rovers versus uh, Stranraer is probably going to be my plan now that Inverness has been flushed down the toilet. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's just passion, it, man. It's pure passion this year. But um, we obviously don't want to leave you all depressed uh, for Christmas. So I came up with, with for Partridge Thistle this week. I've got a question for you. Um, if you had to invite three Thistle legends round for Christmas, who would you invite? Who's doing the cooking and what are you doing after dinner? Jamie, I'll let you have Doctor Who seen as it's Christmas. What that's what we're watching, mate. I don't want you new Doctor Who doesn't count, it's rubbish. <laughs> uh, we're watching the East Enders Christmas special, that's what we're watching. Um we're gonna get Chris Dolan round. I'm sure he's a big East Enders fan. Um Chris Erskine as well. I've got Squiddy and Dolan have both got to come. Oh, who would my third person be? See, I've not been on a thistle as long as a lot of people, so a lot of the older players, like I don't really know them as well. Well, I know some people. He's not going to count as a legend, but my uh, one of my favourite ever thistle players, he always will be Callum Higginbotham. He's getting an invite round to my Christmas. But if you're going to let me get a fourth person, because I know you said three, but I'm inviting four anyway. Joe Cardo's coming as well. Yeah, what a guy! I can imagine Joe Cardo's already left Christmas. So basically, you're having the Kelty Hearts Christmas party, but with yes. Dylan and Erskine turning up as well. And what you, so what are you doing after after dinner then? If it's just going to be EastEnders Christmas special, nothing else. Don't know. Stick on a stick on a classic Christmas movie or something. Some quality. I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of a Christmas movie to put on because like I feel most Christmas movies are quite. Everyone's all either like oh they're class or oh it's completely overrated. I don't know. I feel I feel Chris Dolan would have good taste in Christmas movies. I'm gonna let him pick. There you go. There's the Christmas day sorted. And I, I assume that Erskine's going to be cooking because he knows all about calories and stuff, so he'll yeah, be able to cook yeah, as a nice, nutritious meal. It is, oh, absolutely <laughs> feeling like bus couches afterwards. Um, Reese, your 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 dream thistle Christmas party? I go for Liam Buchanan. Um, he was, I, I just loved him back in the day. It was brilliant for us. So he's getting an invite straight away. Guy made me fall in love with the club. Um, Toon Jack and Ola as well just makes makes my heart feel fuzzy. You know what I mean? Just what a guy he is. Like. Every time I see him just playing for Fissel, mate, I'm like, I'm proud of that guy. And I know for a fact he'll go to a high level and I'm just like, I'm going to be like that. He used to play for Fissel. So I've, he's earmarked. Um, and McCall's getting an invite as well. And uh, what what would you be doing? Well, is anything that you'd be doing after Christmas dinner, Reese, getting no Monopoly game out or what? Um, have a wee game of charades, charades, whatever you like to call it. That's always a good one. Um, just, a few, just a few of the daft games and then to get the old Amazon Prime on, that's always good for a boxing day. They have like all the Premier League games, just watch a game or something. Then maybe we film later on, I don't know, one of the classics, Home Alone, Elf, something like that. Maybe I've got the wrong crowd for this. I bet you Liam Buchanan and Toon Jack and Ola sitting watching Elf with you in the house. <laughs> Somewhere. I would go for um, Stuart Banzo Bannigan, um, of course. Um, I'd probably have Stevie Lawless because I think he'd be a good laugh. 
And as well as that, Thomas Cherney, because he's been posting some exceptional Christmas content. He's decked his house out in Christmas gear, so he'd absolutely bring the festivities. I think Cherney would probably whip up a good feast as well, so I'd probably let him do it. I, I think a Christmas movie, obviously Die Hard, like everybody loves Die Hard, right? It's my favourite Christmas. It's my favourite film, I mean, my favourite Christmas film. I do enjoy films that are nothing to do with Christmas, but are just Christmas films. So like, um, Escape to Victory, I think it's a brilliant film. It's about the fact that it's not set at Christmas, it's got nothing to do with Christmas, but it's on every year at Christmas. So we'd probably watch Die Hard and Escape to Victory and then um, probably play a board game. Um, I am um, on Friday. I went to my friend's house and we took a board game, a game called Power Grid. If you're a board game nerd, you'd probably heard it. They were a bit thingy about it, about playing it, and we ended up playing it for four and a half hours. And like, one of them decided to like a lie with us to fuck over their husband because they found it really funny. So I think that having Banzo and Lawless and Cherney in for a game of Power Grid would probably some laugh. So I'll probably go for that. Thanks again for listening to Drawers or Draw. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year when it comes. We'll be back next week to discuss our hopefully win Boxing Day against Inverness as well as the games against Ayr. I'm looking forward to our games against Morton. As always, stay safe, wear a mask and buy a season ticket. <laughs>